then I express my heartfelt thanks because you are the frontline soldiers. You are the men and women who are giving of their time in many cases and sacrificing much. It is to them. Not only do I express my heartfelt thanks and admiration, but I extend to them the opportunity when it presents itself to share your stories with us. Please take the opportunity to do so. To the officers of the NYPD, EMS, Fire Department, to the New York Army National Guard, the New York Guard, and every doctor and nurse, physician assistant, whether here in New York State or anywhere in the country, where you're doing the job, you have my sincere and heartfelt thanks. Hashtag FFNOP, hashtag FFNOP. Trend tonight's broadcast all over the globe on social media right now. And with that having been said, it is now time as always for the rest of the story. All right, people. We are live, large, and in charge on the multiple broadcast platforms used by the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Network. That means we're here. And that means it's time for another fun night. I hope. I hope. I'm hoping. And by the way, if you want to join in on the on the, the, the on the, the, the fun, <laughs> when it comes to fun, <laughs> we we get it thrown at us whether we want it or not. <laughs> Mike from Louisiana said in the chat room. I was by the way, I had a little trouble with Blog Talk Radio. Uh, apparently, they the second I called in, they hung up on me. Not fair. But called back in, so far so good. And like Mike from Louisiana said in the chat room, it's BTR, George. If there wasn't a problem, it would not be a show. You know? You got a point there, buddy. You got a point there. And speaking of people, I got Gunslinger hanging out with me on the phone lines at 347-945-5747. Ah, yes, indeedy. How you doing, Gun? Well, we're doing trying to dry out a little bit here. Supposed to be dry for the next couple of days before the next rain comes in. Uh, hopefully, it'll just wash us to this virus on out the on down the drain there. But we do have a fifty percent reduction in new cases in Dallas County. There's a that's a good sign so far. That is a good sign. Unfortunately, the death toll nationwide, sadly, has gone over 10,000. And that is something that I did not really need to hear today. I really didn't need to hear that because, you know, that's, it's heartbreaking is what it is. 
it's very heartbreaking. You know, when you hear, I mean, in one, in one, in less than a year's time, this global pandemic has claimed lives, destroyed lives. I mean, shit, gunslinger, I, I've never, I never, I didn't think that something like this would hit our shores in my lifetime a second time. First it was H1N1, the SARS, but this tops the two of them combined, and that's frightening. Well, what what what's even more frightening is that. You know, these people, you, you see where stars and N1 and all that, and now this. Look where they're originating from, around the China area, okay? It's not, it wasn't originated in Australia or London or in the United States or in Antarctic or anywhere, <laughs> but it, that's where it originated, in that area right there. What are they mm-hmm. doing over there? Okay, now... I mean, if they want to go over there and and tinker with some bugs under a level one biohazard lab, I mean, you know, where the most protocols are met and the most safety deals, you know, 10 zillion isolation type deals, you know, you've seen the movies, okay? We've all seen the movies. Well, that's one thing. But when you go out there willy-nilly, and start, and I think this—that's what they did. They was willy nilly doing this shit. Uh, <laughs> and this is now this, that goes back to what you were saying. Did this thing escape by accident, or was it purposely let out? Well, there's there's a fifty fifty chance on that one. But when you have a bunch of people that now they let it out, they said, "Well, it came from bats." Well, you, maybe you ought to stop eating bats. Okay, when you come from <laughs> a group. People, you know, that, that eats dogs and cats and thinking scorpions and spiders and rats and all that shit. I I don't know about these people, but they affect the entire world. I mean, every country on the face of the planet should be pointing their fucking finger at them. Now, what are you going to do, motherfuckers? Okay, you done killed all these people now. Okay, purpose on purpose, accident, whatever. Okay. Well, y'all need to ante up, motherfuckers. You need to pay for some of this shit. It's your fault. Just like I would be pointing the finger at Australia. I'd be pointing the finger at the United States if it originated from here. You need to man up, Jill Tango's. Good. Well, I'll tell you what. And by the way, uh, on the phone line with us, uh, Gunslinger, uh, Mike from Louisiana is on the line too. <clears throat> and, you know, I- I'll tell you, you know, you're right. I agree with you when you say, you know, whether it was released accidentally or released intentionally, it's like 50-50. It's six and one half of the other, some kind of thing. And, you know, no one knows for sure. I don't know for sure. I mean, I wish I did know for sure, but I don't. 
But I will say this. President Trump's response to, to this coronavirus pandemic here in America has been, as far as I'm concerned, exemplary. But uh, I want to get some, get some thoughts from uh, Mike down in Louisiana. And then I got a nice little clip I want to play for you, for you guys. Because, and I'm going to show this on the, uh, on the, on the, on the, on the, <clears throat> on the video screens. All I need to get me a cup of coffee. I can see that now. My throat is not happy. But Anderson Cooper over at the Communist News Network, the Corrupt News Network, the Confused News Network, call it what you like, but don't call it really a news organization. I swear to God, those guys, those people over there are nothing but a bunch of people that are known as putts. That's their, that's the name, that's what the name of the network should be, the Putts Network. Putts, 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 putts. No, I better not do that. Have everybody cracking up here in a minute. Um, I've been cracking jokes all day with people on the phone and stuff. And Take a listen to this. This is Anderson Cooper earlier this evening. Good evening, everyone. There is a lot to get to tonight. Some uh, potentially positive signs in New York, the epicenter of the fight to save infected people, and plenty of continued warnings about difficult days and deaths ahead. We're going to get to all of that. The White House Coronavirus Task Force press briefing ended a short while ago, and if you tuned into it hoping to hear from the country's top scientists, you were likely disappointed. What we mostly heard was the president. What we saw was a hijacking hijacking of the task force press conference by a president determined to rewrite the history of his early and reprehensibly irresponsible response to this virus. What the president showed us today is what the nation's top scientists have to deal with every day. A president who now uses these briefings as a re-election platform, an opportunity to lie, to deflect, to attack, to bully, and cover up his own deadly dismissals of the virus for crucial weeks. According to the president today, all governors are getting everything they need, and testing is now and always has been great. Reporters who asked fair questions but didn't kowtow or suck up to this president were attacked and belittled, and a special venom was reserved for a career official at HHS who he doesn't even know who released a non-political study with extensive interviews with doctors and hospitals across the country describing the lack of supplies and insufficient testing and mixed messages they've been getting from the federal government, all things that have been reported on. I just have to point out, this is not normal, and it matters because this is life and death. If you look at the chart, by the way, that the, uh, the White House showed to show the, the extensiveness of the testing, you'll notice their statistics, statistics do not begin until March 5th. February was a lost month, and people died because of that. And the numbers tested do not begin to appreciably rise on their own chart until more than halfway through the month of March. That's how late it was. Nonetheless, this is the victory the administration is repeatedly claiming. This is what the president is clinging to, claiming that testing is, always has been great. It hasn't. Still not. Hospitalization rates and fatalities expected to increase dramatically from the coronavirus. President Trump, whoever spoke again today, have lighted the end of the tunnel. No word on how long that tunnel may be or how dim the light currently is. There are some positive trends, but as New Jersey's governor today said, this is no time to take our foot off the gas. 
The number of dead in this country passed the 10,000 mark today. The current number is 10,781. The number of cases, 364,723. Even if a peak is reached and passed in one area, the administration has said it expects rolling peaks at least through next month. Just tonight, Los Angeles County health officials urge residents to not go grocery shopping this week if they can. One reason the president can even speak of a light at the end of the tunnel, social distancing, and the stay-at-home orders that most states have implemented. Another state today issued a stay-at-home order, South Carolina. That brings the total number of Americans under such an order, the total percentage, to more than 97% of the country. Still, there are seven states that don't have an order in place, Arkansas, Iowa, North Dakota, Nebraska, South Dakota, Utah, and Wyoming. We should note that Dr. Anthony Fauci said this evening that Iowa and Nebraska have instituted rules very similar to stay-at-home orders. The other threat tonight, the threat to our frontline defenders and hospitals who tested positive for the virus and the medical supplies that multiple governors say they must outbid each other for. Illinois' governor said today that what his state is getting from the strategic national stockpile is a, quote, mere fraction of what we asked for. Other governors have made similar remarks. And yet tonight, President Trump paints a far different picture. Everything states want, he says, is already there for the most part. Quote, they're happy, every one of them. Life, according to the president. Now, it's important to note that the national stockpile of N95 uh, masks was depleted by the Obama dictatorship. It left America's N95 mask stockpile depleted. Now, I uh, did a little a, a little quick search here of that headline because <clears throat> I want to thank Iggy Mom for uh, posting the information in the chat room, and I came across. See if I can find it now. Of course, it's now it's not on the list. How very convenient. But Snopes gave it a mixed review, saying that, yeah, they were depleted in 2009 when Obama was in office. But they threw Trump under the bus as well. Which to me is very, very stupid, to say the least. Now, of course... uh, Wait a minute. I may still have the original search open from Snopes. And I do. Okay. Funny. I thought I closed it. Now, get this. Snopes, I don't trust them really. But here's what Snopes put out in their true-false type of mixture. The U.S. federal stockpile of N95 protective face masks was largely depleted during the 2009 swine flu outbreak 
and was not restocked. That was on Obama's watch. But then they said what's false is this. However, the Obama administration was not solely responsible for the current shortage of masks. In the intervening years, the stockpile went unreplenished as the Trump administration failed to heed indications that dramatic shortages could occur. And that's a load of crap. Okay. Townhall.com. Did the Obama administration leave the N95 mask inventory depleted? According to this, let me put this, uh, reader mode doesn't do much good for it. The national stockpile, the national shortage of N95 respirator masks can be traced back to 2009 after the H1N1 swine flu pandemic when the Obama administration was advised to replenish a national stockpile but did not, according to reports from Bloomberg News and the Los Angeles Times. Oh, in 2009, the H1N1 outbreak hit the United States, leading to 274,304 hospitalizations, 12,469 deaths, and a depletion of N95 respirator masks. A federally backed task force and safety equipment organization both recommended to the Obama administration that the stockpile be replenished of the 100 million masks used after the H1N1 outbreak, according to the Los Angeles Times. Charles Johnson president of the International Safety Equipment Association, said that advice was never heeded. He said, our our association is unaware of any major effort to restore the stockpile to cover that that drawdown. So, as far as I'm concerned, Obama screwed over this country in this area too all right let me uh, let me see what uh, these two callers that are uh, waiting have to say Seven three two area code. Go ahead. Oh shit! I was just enjoying the show. Are you just gonna sit and listen? Yeah, I was having a hard time listening. Uh, some of the things you said were great, but you, you, you got to get off the Obama thing. We already know he was the worst president in the history of the United States. That's a fact. Everybody knows that. Anybody who doesn't know that ain't listening. Always always a good idea to remind people of just how bad he was, how terrible he was, and how dangerous he your, was. I love your show. I mean, anybody who loves your show knows that. In the heart of their heart, they know that. He was the worst. H1N1 was the worst. 
but we were he didn't shut down the economy because he was too afraid to look like a bad president. That's why he didn't protect us when 60.8 million people were infected with H1N1. 60.8 million. That number would be if if they said that to you right now and said we were infected with 60.8 million people were infected with this this uh what's it called chickenpox whatever it's called they would go oh Trump did it he's the worst he's the worst he's the worst they would they they would have him by his balls but Obama was in office and you couldn't say a word against him because if you did you were a racist. And that's why he got away with uh, over 200,000 people dying. Well, the, the the harsh reality is, you know, people sometimes forget or they conveniently forget these, these well, facts. Well, the, the news never told them. Nobody remembers that. In 2009, nobody remembers that 60.8 million people were infected with H1N1 because they lived their lives normal. Nothing was shut down. They were still allowed to go to their dance club. They were still allowed to do whatever they wanted to do. They can go to a hookah lounge. But now it's affecting them, and now it's bothering them because Trump's actually doing the right thing to quarantine the country and and literally tank the, the economy, which he's not doing on his own volition. He's doing it. He's trying to save us from a major, you know, a, a major scare, death, that, you know, a lot of people could have. But he's just, and, you know. Well, caller, I'll put it to you like this, and I'll let you go. I'll, I'll let you go back to listening. Uh, the bottom line is, you know, President Trump, from the you know from the onset, has done everything humanly possible to make sure oh, yeah. that assets were in place. Uh-huh. Case in point, the coronavirus task force. He has been working with that task force, and the task force has been in contact with the governors of of this country. Okay, every governor in every state, working with them tirelessly. He and the and the and the and the entire task force. What what bothers me is when you've got morons like Anderson Cooper over at the Confused News Network, who have nothing better to do than to complain, bitch and moan, and accuse the president of lying and so forth. And they're the ones doing all the lying. Can I go as far as to say something uh, kind of vulgar on your show? Well, as long as it isn't too, 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 too bad. I hope Anderson Cooper chokes on the next stick down his throat. Okay, that's uh, that. That's 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 so that's a, that's a little over. That, no, no, that was a little over overboard. Sorry, pal. Um, you know, I mean, you know, comments like that don't help. Trust me, they don't. All right, 317 area code. Are you there? Hi there. I'm just listening. All righty. All right, so 
look, I'll tell you something. Bottom line, CNN has been has been all of their people have been told by Jeff Zucker, the CEO of CNN, basically to attack Trump with anything and everything they get their hands on, and even lie if necessary. So that should tell you something right there. MSNBC is no better at it. And, of course, they don't seem to care because their, their numbers are going right down the crapper, which is no big deal to me. I care less. I hope they, they, go, they end up going off the air permanently, both them and MSNBC. But getting back to this, to, to this um, depletion of the N95 masks, look at what President Trump has been able to accomplish with the task force, okay? Companies are stepping up to the plate to make the, to make the uh, respirators. Companies are stepping up to the plate to make the... Uh, to make the devices, uh, 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 oh boy, the, what they're called is escaping me here, uh, ventilators. Companies are stepping up to the plate to do that. Did Obama do any of this stuff? Hell no, he didn't do any of this stuff. All right. Any comments? Well, you know, here's the deal. There was a term that I'm trying to remember the author, author, but there was a term that one of these authors came up with with Obama, and he called it leading from behind. And that was basically Obama throughout his his dictatorship. He led from behind, you know. And the thing is, is, this is a, this is another example of it. You you have this thing, the H1N1, and you deplete your stockpiles. Usually, when you deplete stockpiles of something, if, if it's masks, uh, medical equipment, whatever, or like the, like you know, like what President Trump just did with the oil, strategic oil reserves, he topped it off. All right, you're supposed to. Replenish your supplies, and Obama did not do that. Just a, another reason why, when he first took office, uh, our buddy Rush would say, "I hope he fails," and boy, did he fail! You know. Now, as far as as far as this uh, this this virus, this this thing that's going on, uh, what you're talking about with TNN and MSNBC, who the hell cares? Like you said, they're. Right. I mean, look, Anderson Pooper is exactly what he is. You know, he's a fashion guy who somehow got himself a, a degree in jur- some some sort of journalism. All right, and got on the air. That's what he is. He and he is a Vanderbilt. You know. His mom was uh, Gloria Vanderbilt or whatever her name was. So, yeah, that's what he is. And we know what most of the people on uh, MSNBC are, you know. 
they're all they're they're looking for the next thing to try and paste on the Teflon Don to to say, well, he we're gonna try and get him out of office with this. Well, everything they've tried before has slid right off of him. All right. And this is just gonna be the next thing that's gonna slide right off of him. And they don't they can't see it right now because they again they've got their blinders on, George. There's there's the the horse that's running in a race or whatever that has these blinders on because he that horse tends to wander and he has to be able the guy who riding on him riding on him wants him to keep his eyes on the road keep his eyes straight on the road you know on the track so yeah these guys are looking for the next thing to paste try and paste on him you know. And it's not going to happen, but and he's 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 leading from the front is what the president is doing right now. Yeah, the, that previous caller was right about the economy and the, you know, but he had to take that chance of ruining the economy to save the American people. I mean, you. If he didn't do this, there's a great chance that there's a lot more death and the money that that we're going to get from these checks uh, would not be, I mean, would not be, you know, able to be spent because of the, the well, yeah, the number of deaths we would have if he didn't do what he did. So, yeah, these... These guys just do not get it. Back to you, George. Well, let me um, let me throw a little added bonus into that as well. Uh, when you talk about, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> got tickle my throat again. Uh, when you talk about. you know, how Obama failed to replenish and and so forth. You know, a lot of people, they they look at what Obama did, what he actually did to this country, and how he, he tore it apart financially, how he tore it apart morally, ethically. I mean, does anyone really think for one minute that he if you look back at 2009 with the H1N1 swine flu okay after that was all over he had the opportunity to replenish the, the stockpile he chose to ignore recommendations across the board why would any sane human being do that Well, apparently he he's not very sane. Not very sane at all. What do you think, Gun? Well, yeah, you're right. You know, when when you when you are supposed to be the you know the the leader of the sheep, you know the the sheep herder, I guess if you want to call it, uh, and you don't do that, and well, you know, it's better to be prepared for 
anything than to be caught with your pants around your knees. Okay, as the old saying goes. Uh, we, <laughs> well, of course, Obama, he's a... He, he, shit, he wouldn't even make a, a good flea on a dog's ass. Okay, that's how stupid that idiot was. Okay. I, you know, it, when you have people like that that is supposedly running a country, and we all know that, well, he, he don't care. He don't care about this country. He never did. He's a Muslim. He's a uh, goat humper, you know, a, a camel molester and all that shit. Okay. And he admitted it. He's a Muslim. Okay. There, there's your proof. What, what more proof do you need? I mean, you call a, you call a screw a screw, a bolt a bolt, and a, and a screwdriver a screwdriver. Okay, you call it like it is. Uh, that's why he has no allegiance to this country. Unlike President Trump, now total, completely into the horse. Okay, opposite end of the horse. He loves this country. He's trying everything that he can. Okay, I mean, by God, he's only one man. I mean, he's not God. Okay. Uh, what else would these other idiots do? Like Sleepy Joe? Oh, let's let just everybody in. Uh, you you think the few, the what is it? Ten thousand in the country now died because of, of COVID nineteen. Hell, it'd be a hundred fifty thousand if he was president. Or Phil the Burn Sanders would probably be two hundred thousand. Okay, at this point, because they don't give a fuck. Okay. So it's obviously clear that President Trump, he gives a fuck. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, he definitely, he definitely gives a fuck because, I mean, the, man, the man's human, okay? He, and he's, he'll make mistakes, no doubt about that. But he'll own up to those mistakes. That's right. Okay? He will own up to those mistakes. And... It's it's nice to see a president expressing how he feels about people when, case in point, Boris Johnson contracted coronavirus and President Trump is saddened over over that over Johnson's condition, even went so far as to offer help of brilliant companies. Okay. Now get a load of this. Okay, President Trump expressed his best wishes as he announced at the White House coronavirus briefing on Monday that he has enlisted the help of brilliant companies to assist British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who was moved to the intensive care unit at St. Thomas Hospital in London. Hours earlier, as he fights COVID-19, President Trump said, we are very saddened to hear that he, has taken, he was taken into intensive care this afternoon. Americans are all praying for his recovery. He has been a really good friend. He's been really something very special. Now, Johnson's coronavirus symptoms got worse on Sunday, necessitating his move, a spokesman uh, stated on Monday. Now, President Trump said that I've asked two of the leading companies, these are brilliant companies, Ebola, AIDS, others, they've come with, they've come with the solutions 
and just have done incredible jobs. And I've asked them to contact London immediately. He added, they have offices in London, major companies, more than major, more than size. They're genius. And I had to I had a talk with four of them today, and they speak a language that most people don't even understand. But I understand something, that they've really advanced therapeutics and therapeutically, and they have arrived in London already. Their London office has whatever they need, and we'll see if we can be of help. We've contacted all of Boris' doctors. It's, very, it's a very complex treatment of things that they've just recently developed, Trump said later in response to a question from a reporter. They've already had meetings with the doctors, and we'll see whether or not they want to go that route. They're at the hospital, and they have everything with them should be needed, should it be needed, okay? So here's a man, here's a world leader who's giving, you know, of himself. He's, he's, he's showing his heart for another uh, country's uh, leader or a country's prime minister. He's, he's showing his heart for all of us here in America. He carries, Trump carries his heart on his sleeve, guys. You know, he carries his heart on his sleeve and he gets condemned for it time and again by the, by the yes. mainstream media. I'll show, I, I'm going to show you just how, how despicable Democrats really are. Apparently, there's a Democrat lawmaker who wants President Trump prosecuted at, at, in, at an international court for crimes against humanity. Do you believe this bullshit? Wants this poor man prosecuted. Get a load of this. A Democratic state representative in Ohio said she can't take it anymore and vowed to refer President Trump to the International Criminal Court for Crimes Against Humanity over Trump's promotion of a drug that has not been conclusively proven to fight the coronavirus. State Representative Tavia Galansky tweeted Sunday after President Trump spoke about hydroxy. Yeah, hydroxychloroquine. Oh boy, tongue tied here. Hydroxychloroquine at his daily press briefing. The drug, normally used to treat malaria, is one of several that the president has pointed to as showing promise in the fight against COVID-19. But its effectiveness has been a subject of debate. Glonsky said, I can't take it anymore. I've been to The Hague. I'm making a referral for crimes against humanity tomorrow. Today's press conference was the last straw. 
I know the need for a prosecution referral when I see one. Now, The Hague is the site of the International Criminal Court, or ICC, which boasts 123 state parties. The United States is not one of them. Only member states or non-members who accept the ICC's jurisdiction can make referrals. Alternatively, the United Nations Security Council can also refer a matter for investigation. Crimes against humanity is a category of offense that the ICC handles. The court provides a list of crimes that fall under this, including murder, extermination, enslavement, torture, and other inhumane acts of a similar character, intentionally causing great suffering or serious bodily or mental injury. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, Fox News Channel had asked Representative Galonsky if there is a specific crime she is accusing Trump of committing and how she plans on, put, on pursuing charges given the United States' non-member status. Well, apparently, she did not immediately respond. Galonsky is not the only one to question Trump's promotion of hydroxychloroquine. Given that the FDA has not approved it or any other drugs specifically for treating COVID-19, the FDA has issued emergency use authorizations for both hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine. But the emergency use authorizations specifically note that these are for unapproved use and that optimal dosing and duration of treatment is unknown. Now, many governors, public health officials, and others have warned that the drug has shown major side effects and its efficiency still remained unproven as a treatment for COVID-19. Some experts have expressed concern that widespread use of the drug could lead to complicating access for people who need them for rheumatoid arthritis or lupus. They have been, for instance, there have been instances, sorry, doctors saying they have had success with it. But Dr. An, but Dr. Antoni Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, told CBS News Face the Nation Sunday that the data is at best suggestive. Fauci said he does not think we could definitely say it works, noting that in some cases there has been no effect, and in others it may have been effective. When Fauci was asked about the drug on Sunday's press briefing, Trump said he's answered that question 15 times. He has, too. Despite the apparent inclusiveness one way or the other about the drug, Delonsky appears confident that she has grounds to bring a case against the president and is calling on attorneys with international experience to reach out and help her. Um, 
Let's see here. Um, Tavia Glosky, are you that pathetic? Seriously, are you that pathetic that you're going to do something this stupid, this insane? I hope the ICC laughs you right out of court, you dingbat. He's hopeful on, on, the, on the hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine, okay? Right now, doctors need to use whatever tools they have in the toolbox to help the people who have coronavirus. I cannot believe Democrats would be so fucking insane as to turn around for at least one state representative. Here's And, and this is what's funny. She's a state representative in Ohio. Ohio, you should be embarrassed having this person representing you. What do you think, Gunn? I don't know. Oh, he said he'll be back in a few, and he, it looks like his number dropped. Shit. All right. Well, we'll take a break, and we'll be right back with more of the broadcast in just a hot New York minute, so stay tuned. We're not going anywhere. Uh, that is, of course, if I can get my... Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up, son. Back up. There we go. Hey, everybody. George here. Listen, our number one's already finished, and our number two is already in progress. Firefox News Online will be right back. I have to take a break. But you can call at 347-945-5747 right now. Remember, no block numbers or unknown Skype names will be accepted at any time. Be back shortly. Hi, I'm Sergeant George Senzer, honorably discharged veteran of the State Defense Force, the New York Guard. Now, I've got a few questions for you. First of all, are you at least 18 years of age or older? Second of all, are you in reasonably good health? But most important of all, are you a New York State resident looking to serve your country? If you are, then have I got a great idea for you. Join the New York Guard. The New York Guard is a State Defense Force operated and funded by the State of New York through the Division of Military and Naval Affairs. And the New York Guard has a long and illustrious history dating back as far as World War I. I served two tours of active duty with the New York Guard. On September 11, 2001, the day of the most horrendous attack on our nation since Pearl Harbor. I was proud to serve with the New York Guard. I served with them for six years, and I made a difference. You can too. Make a difference. Join the New York Guard today. Go to www.dmna.ny.gov/nyg. 
That's dmna.ny.gov slash nyg. Click on the link Enlistment Resources, download the recruitment package, fill out the application, send it back, and be sure to contact the recruiters letting them know that you have a desire to serve and that you've sent back the completed application. The New York Guard, New York State's Defense Force, protecting the residents of the state of New York and helping them through emergencies and times of natural disaster. Join the New York Guard today and make a difference. Okay, kids, gather around. I know we haven't discussed this in a while, but uh, who remembers where we're all going to meet in case of an emergency? Um, I do. Grand Central Station. Times Square. No, silly. Higher ground. Where's that? The mountains, son. But we live in the city. Hmm, right. Good point. What about supplies and all that other stuff? Ah, don't you even worry. Your mom has all those canned beets somewhere in the apartment. Oh, I just remembered. I also have canned cocktail onions. What about water? We have a few gallons stored in the basement. But we don't have a basement. He means the storage unit. Where's that? 32nd and 7th. Great. Sounds like we don't have a plan. What time's the game on? Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Search ReadyKids at NYC.gov or call 311. A public service announcement brought to you by the New York City Office of Emergency Management and the Ad Council. It's important to plan ahead for emergencies, like the storm. When it kicked in, we had a plan. We were able to get in touch with each other in no time. had no idea how to find each other. My husband kept the kids occupied. our son, but there was no reception. Everything was down. I felt like we handled everything very well. I had to try and stay calm. The whole experience was fine. was the most frightening 10 hours of my life. It was, it was kind, kind of, of like, like a little family adventure. Hopes will never happen to her. I, I remember, remember the, the relief of being that I together. realized he was out there all alone. If, if there's, there's one piece of advice I'd offer other moms, moms out there, there it's to stay it's calm ignore and keep to the plan. Some parents plan ahead. Some don't. Make sure you know where to find your family in an emergency. Visit nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311. Brought to you by the New York City Office of Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Just now, another kid dropped out of school. There's one every 20 seconds. Over 200 kids an hour. That adds up to nearly 5,000 kids every school day. If we do nothing, 3.5 million kids won't receive a diploma over the next four years. But there is someone who can change that. And that someone is you. United Way knows that kids who have a caring adult in their life are more likely to make it. So make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because the path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. There I was in my business suit, all dressed up, just uptight as I could possibly be. And I don't remember much of what was said at that first AA meeting. It was more the feeling of the meeting itself. That's what has kept me going. I know it works. 
and I see the people ahead of me with more sobriety, I see how happy they are, and I want that. I want that too. And what I notice about AA is it sort of helps me to relax and learn to really be happy with my sobriety. It's a richer life to live. That's exactly what Alcoholics Anonymous does. It teaches us how to live without drinking. It teaches us how to have fun and really enjoy life without drinking. This program's given me the good life. The only good life I've ever known. Alcoholics Anonymous. It works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or AA.org. It's easy to take your world for granted. Most days go by without a whole lot of surprises. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? What if everything familiar becomes anything but? Would you be prepared? Before disaster turns your family's world upside down, it's up to you to be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed. Today. Learn how at www.ready.gov. That's www.ready.gov. This message brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the Ad Council, and Firefox News Online. Attention parents of young children. The following is a partial list of things that are probably happening in your backseat that you are completely unaware of. A food item is probably being stuffed into a crack. A strange sticky substance is being spread everywhere. Deep, sustained nasal exploration. Someone is probably making faces. Hitting. Hitting back. The cleaning of muddy shoes. Farting! <laughs> Something is probably spilling. Gum is lodging in hair. And your kids are probably riding in car seats that are being used incorrectly. In fact, three out of four kids are not as safe as they should be. But the latch system is in most cars and makes it easier to get it right. Just attach the top tether and the lower anchors. The ones down near the old sandwich and the melted-down crayons. Anchor, tether, latch. The next generation of child safety. A message from the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. Are you ready? Are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions around the world, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Listening to the most powerful radio broadcast anywhere. Firefox News Online. The FFNOP Radio Network. 347 945 5747. We're back. Lines are open. Broadcasting from New York, the Empire State. You're listening to Firefox News Online. And we're back here at Firefox News Online. We've got approximately 
An hour and 48 minutes left in the broadcast, an hour and 48 minutes left to go, and then we're calling it quits for the night. Until tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 Central, and 8 Pacific Time. On the number one Internet radio and Internet video broadcast globally, anyone else who makes that claim is lying to you. So there you have that. And, of course, Firefox News Online, always, 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 always looking for uh, a little bit of help, nothing big. But if you like what Firefox News Online has to offer, and I'm sure many of you do, then why not give a helping hand? by sending a, a donation to Firefox News Online to keep her on the air. All donations are not tax-deductible. That's unfortunate, but we're not set up for that. And, of course, you can do it by going to paypal.me slash Firefox News Online. That's paypal.me slash Firefox News Online. Any and all help is appreciated, believe me. Been doing this over 12 years on Blog Talk Radio and not as long on the other platforms, but the fact is Firefox News Online is here and offering you news and information and topics and sometimes a little bit of fun along the way, too. That's that's what made Firefox News Online the number one Internet radio and Internet video broadcast globally. Because we do it, and we do it carefully. We do it with style. Well, maybe not so much with style. Well, maybe actually, yeah, with style. But it's a style, nonetheless, that people have grown accustomed to and do enjoy. All right, time for the all-important chat room and phone line rundown. It's a real quick one. Gunslinger is on the phone line and in the chat room, and Billy's in the chat room. That's it. So, I don't know. Gunslinger, uh, you were in the kitchen, apparently, or when you're making something to eat uh, when I brought this up. But apparently a Democratic lawmaker in the state of Ohio is looking to press charges against President Trump for crimes against humanity. (laughs) State Representative Tavia Galinsky tweeted Sunday after President Trump spoke about hydroxychloroquine at his daily press briefing. The drug normally used to treat malaria is one of several that the president has pointed to as showing promise in the fight against COVID-19, but its effectiveness has been a subject of debate. Okay. Well, state of Ohio representative Galanski said she can't take it anymore. She's been in contact with the Hague. She's making a referral for crimes against humanity tomorrow. 
Today's press conference was the last straw. I know the need for a prosecution referral when I see one. Okay? Now, the Hague is the state, excuse me, the Hague gunslinger is the site of the International Criminal Court, or ICC, which boasts 123 state parties. The United States is not one of them. Only member states or non-members who accept the ICC's jurisdiction can make referrals. Alternatively, the United Nations Security Council can also refer a matter for investigation. Now, crimes against humanity, get this, Gunslinger, is a category of offense that the ICC handles. Now, the court provides a list of crimes that fall under this, including murder, extermination, enslavement, torture, and other inhumane acts of a similar character intentionally causing great suffering or serious bodily or mental injury. Now, Fox News Channel tried reaching out to this uh, state representative, Glonsky, but she just didn't respond, apparently. So, I don't know. Why do people on the left have to wig the fuck out over something that he said shows promise. Yes, the um, the FDA, okay, is questioning uh, Trump's promotion of hydroxychloroquine, given the fact that the FDA has not approved it or any other drugs specifically for treating COVID-19. Now, the FDA has issued emergency use authorizations, or EUAs, for both hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine. But the EUAs, or emergency use authorizations, specifically note that these are for unapproved use and that optimal dosing and duration of treatment is unknown. Now, many of the governors... Many governors, public health officials, and others have warned that the drug has shown major side effects, and its its efficiency still remained unproven as a treatment for COVID-19. Some experts have expressed concern that widespread use of the drug could lead to complicating access for people who need them for rheumatoid arthritis or lupus. Okay. Now, maybe it's just me, but is there something missing in all of this? Like the fact that he, he's, he, he's got this commission together, there's this coronavirus task force to, combat, to, to, to attack the situation head on. Excuse me? They're in constant contact with the governors of every state in this country seven days a week, according to Vice President Pence. I don't know. 
What do you make of this? Well, one thing one thing that is missing is brains. Okay, let's start with that bitch over there. Whoever was uh, uh, crimes against humanity. Well, the state you know, of Ohio we representative tra- Pete Tavia. Yeah. Delosky. Yeah. Yeah. A that. that why don't you, yeah. Well, I, there you go. <clears throat> but why don't we bring up charges uh, for crimes against humanity? <clears throat> Nachos. Um, for China, since they're the one that's caused all this shit. Okay. See, they always blame people that's obviously trying to do the good thing, which obviously Trump is. You know, trying to spearhead the stuff in the in the in the ass before it really turns into something that worse than it could have been. You know, say if he would have done nothing, like you know, Obama, you know, did nothing. <clears throat> At least he jumped in there as soon as they realized what they was up against by banning all those flights and everything. That's a good start. But now to this, to the F, F, uh, what is it, the Federal Drug Administration, FDA, um, remember the large decision-making within the FDA is done by Big Pharma, Okay. It's done by Big Pharma, whether you believe it or not. It is because they're the ones that's got the majority of the stockholders. Okay, they are the ones that are going to be profiting from that. Why do you think they lobby, you know, the Federal Drug Administration all the time? Oh, look at this! What we got here? Oh, look at this! Look at this! Look at this! Okay, but since this drug is not going to be making them any money, oh, but it may save lives. Oh, they don't give a fuck about saving lives. What are you talking about? Not making money. Well, we no, we we can't have that. No, no, no. It's the same organization that denied that cancer doctor that started out here in Dallas back in the fifties. Okay, same group. Okay, same organization. And you know why that they denied his discovery? Because he wanted to give it to the people for free. Ooh, they don't like that word. They don't like that word free. Okay, makes their asshole just tight and like a goddamn, you know, like you know. Ugh. They can't stand that that word free. And it's the same thing here. It's the same thing that they're doing now. They cannot profit on it. Just like with that cancer doctor back in the fifties, they couldn't profit on it. So hell yeah, they're gonna call him a quack. They're gonna call him all kinds of shit. Try to put him in jail. Blah blah blah. Uh, uh, what are they doing here? Trying to block this? Oh, well, no, we can't approve that. Blah, blah, blah. Who's really behind it? Big Pharma. Go ahead. Well, all I know is right now, the way things are looking, okay, Trump's Trump's doing, uh, you know, he's doing one hell of a job. Okay? Mike Pence, is the, the vice president, is doing a hell of a job with the coronavirus task force. And yes, there, 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 may, there may very well be side effects with this medication, as there are with many medications. The one state that won't let doctors prescribe it is right here in New York. Governor Cuomo signed an executive order barring them from prescribing it at all in the treatment of COVID-19.
which is, to me, ridiculous. But there's good news on, on the financial front. The stock market today, and I'm showing it on the video platforms, closed quite nicely. Dow Jones averages closed at 22,679.99, a plus change of 1,627.46. That is a positive number of 7.73%. The S&P 500, 2,663.68, up 175.03, with a change of plus 7.03%. The NASDAQ Composite Index, 79.13.238014, a change of plus 540.15, plus percentage 7.33%. The stock market closed on a on a definite upswing which in in my in my opinion shows right there things are things are 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 are, are holding the economy is holding its own. There is one state that refuses to uh, abide by the uh, the 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 advice of social distancing and all this other stuff, allowing churches to 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 open, businesses to open, and so forth. Big mistake. But I was glad to see that the stock market closed very positively today, Gunn. That means that that we're on that President Trump and the and and Vice President Pence and the Coronavirus Task Force are on the right track. They are truly on the right track. What do you think? <clears throat> Well, yeah. I mean, you got to, like I said, you can't you can't just stand idly by and not do anything. Okay, um, I think we would be in a hell of a different, worse situation if he did just stood by and did nothing and nobody did anything. I, there's no telling what could have happened in this country. I mean, geez, I even I shudder to even think. But I mean, the economy. Yeah, it's going to take a hit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's going to take a big hit. But if we did nothing, it could have bottomed completely out. I mean, you talk about. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it, it makes you scary just to think about it. What could have happened if they didn't take action? President Trump and Pence and all that doing doing everything that they possibly can, but you have people that will blame him for what doing the right thing. I mean, 
I mean, if you're sitting there dying of a heart attack, you want me to go throw? You want me to go shoot you with some with some uh, high voltage? Maybe to fry to go ahead and just finish you off? I mean, let's get it over with. I mean, damn. Or or so you know, it's, it's so it's so silly and so stupid that he's doing the right thing. He's trying to keep the economy. Yep, it's floated down. You know, quite you know quite a bit now, but. As soon as this stuff is over and it will blow over, the economy's gonna come back. Okay, I mean, I, I have to kind of disagree with Ron Reck with what you know. A business, even though a business goes out of business, is not out of business forever. Okay, in the business world, anything can be resuscitated, as the old saying goes. Okay, I know I was in business for ten, a little over ten and a half years. Okay, it's it's yeah, sure, it can stop. <laughs> Yeah, you can close your doors. Yeah, sure. You can fire your employees or have to let them go. You don't not necessarily fire them, but you have to let them go because you can't have employees sitting around the break room twiddling their thumbs and not producing anything. Okay, that's the major uh, concept of a business: produce something. <clears throat> now, if you want somebody else to pay your payroll every Friday. Well, that can only last so long. A couple of times, okay. That's probably that's what Trump is trying to do. Let's get you know, we'll, we'll try to pay these. You know, and a lot of people say, well, they bail out these big corporations. Well, to a point, but look at the thousands and tens of thousands of people like me and you that these big corporations would employ. The airlines, okay, yeah, they're a big corporation, sure. American Airlines, Delta, you know, all of that. But look at the literally tens of thousands of people that they employ just in the United States alone. Those people have families. Those pilots have families. They have to go. They go home to every 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 time. Uh, the, the the mechanics, the air traffic controllers. Okay, so it's not necessarily bailing out the corporation. You're actually helping the people that works for the corporation. See my point? <clears throat> go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Gunslinger, I, I can safely say without fear of contradiction, you know, there are businesses in this country that have had, you know, all across the nation that have closed their, a lot of them had to close their doors, you know, in light of the situation this country is faced with. Um, many of them cut their employees loose, some cut their employees loose altogether, some you know, still others did a layoff. They didn't just, you know, cut them loose altogether. They laid them off because they know that at some point this situation that we're faced with, coronavirus, is going to it, it's there's it's going to eventually break and allow businesses, schools, and so forth to reopen. Now, is that going to mean uh, a change in the way they conduct business? Probably. But businesses will reopen. Schools will open again. You know? All of this stuff is going to happen, but it's going to take time. You know? This, is, this, is a, this coronavirus is, honestly, it's unpredictable. 
That's the hard part about this. It, it is, it's situ, the situation with it is unpredictable. They, they talk about, you know, hitting a peak and then possibly hitting another peak and then coming down. Well, that's very hopeful. But, again, the unpredictability of it says, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. You know? Um, I posted some, I posted a, 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 a screen capture link in the chat, in the Mixler chat room, and I'm going to share this on the uh, video screens. And I want to take this opportunity uh, to uh, say thank you for your service uh, to the NYPD, the FDNY, the FDNY's has, uh, hazardous uh, hazardous uh, tactical team, uh, to the Corrections Department of the City of New York, City of New York Department of Sanitation, the uh, Mass Transit System of New York City, New York City Hospital Health and Hospitals uh, units. Uh, Parks Enforcement of New York of New York City, New York City's 311, uh, New York City's Department of Transportation, the United States Postal Service, United States Army, the New York Army National Guard, and of course the uh, State Defense Force, the New York Guard. All of you, including and not limited to the doctors and nurses in the state of New York, deserve to be to, to be uh, to be honored and thanked for their continuous tireless service in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic I would be remiss as a prior service NCO with the New York Guard if I didn't recognize not only the New York Guard but the New York Army National Guard the United States Army Postal Service and the others for what they have been doing in the combating of the coronavirus pandemic. All of you, thank you so much for what you've been doing. Keep up the good work. Since you, since you mentioned the military, can I mention something about that too? By all means. Well, I don't know why it's not getting too much attention, but you can go Google it. Remember that, uh, in fact, I think I brought it up on, on here or on Ron's show, that, uh, that nuclear-powered aircraft carrier that's stationed in Guam that started to have a bunch of sick sailors from this from this uh, virus, okay? Well, you know what they did to the captain? They relieved him of his duty. They fired mm-hmm. him. What the fuck? Now, I'm sorry, military, you're doing a good job, but you... Fucked up right there, motherfuckers. I don't know what bonehead, dickhead, decided to relieve him of his duty when he was doing the right thing. Okay, hey, I, we need help. Uh, my 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 crewmen here are getting sick. Let's we need something to do something about this, especially on board of a nuclear uh, aircraft carrier. And then they fired him. Uh, that's now that that is boneyard stupid. Okay, in my opinion. You don't get an A on that one. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, 
I cannot understand for the life of me why the captain of that of that of that uh, aircraft carrier was summarily dismissed like that. I mean, and his and the crew of that of that aircraft carrier, by the way, they were appreciative of his uh, of what he did. They appreciated what he did. They cheered him. They cheered him when he was going off, off the ship. They were sitting there cheering him. I mean, obviously he wasn't a bad dude. <laughs> you know. See, that's that's what that's what bothers me about this. And 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 I'll be straight up. To my knowledge, President Trump did not call for this guy's uh, dismissal. Not that I'm aware of, anyway. I mean, look, if I was a sailor on that on that uh, aircraft carrier, I'd be standing right there with my fellows cheering him on. And if the if, if the personnel aboard that aircraft carrier is cheering for him. Maybe the, the, the maybe whoever decided to give him the axe should listen to them. You know, maybe they should listen to them because it's obvious to me, whether it's obvious to anyone else or not, but it's obvious to me he did the right thing by them. You know? Well, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, they, I mean, you got what four or five thousand people on that thing, and an aircraft carrier, and what are you going to do? I mean, if you if your crew members are starting to get sick and not be able to do their duty, okay, especially when it comes to something like that, okay. I mean, if it's a little lemonade stand, well, you know that. Well, yeah, you could miss. The employees can miss a few weeks of work, but with this thing, okay, you can't you can't miss a few days worth of work, okay. Uh, you're on call there. You're on that thing twenty four seven, okay. So for this, for whoever above him, obviously is somebody above him. They need to be horse whooped. He did the right thing, okay. And like you said, I don't think President Trump would told him to ax him, okay, it was somebody up there, you know, admirals or whatever. Well, whoever admiral, you need to be demoted, motherfucker, okay, because he's looking out for his crew. And that's number one. That's job one, isn't it? I thought so in the military, right? Regardless if it's Navy or whoever, right? Job one, safety, right? And I've never been in the military. <laughs> job one's an Army slogan, gun. Uh, but still, you know, the, the men and women of the United States Navy, okay, they deserve to be treated better than, the, than, than this. If they have a commanding officer who is doing right by them, to dismiss this guy out of hand, I'm sorry. That's just, that's just insane, okay? That is just plain nuts, Okay. Now, let me see here. Let me do a quick search of something here. 
you know, it might help if I actually type the word order instead of odor. <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> I know my typing skills are a little sluggish at times, but that's bad. Did I try to get this gunslinger? <laughs> You'll get a good chuckle out of this, I'm sure. I'm typing into a search into the search. Did President Trump odor the captain? And I saw what I wrote. I'm like, oops. Did he odor? No. That would be a gas. That would be a gas attack. That would be a gas attack. Odor. Odor eaters. Exactly. And I'm not on board. I'm not doing. No, no. I could say something, but I'll behave myself. Okay, according to Business Insider, they claim that President Trump reportedly wanted to fire the U.S. Navy captain, Brett Crozier. But Military.com, and I'm more inclined to, to accept what they're saying about it, President Trump says he might intervene in fired Navy captain's case. Now, what does that tell you? Tells me that he didn't order this man being fired. But get a load. This is what uh, what military. dot com wrote about the about this situation. The commander in chief said Monday that he will be calling the defense secretary to learn more about a navy commanding officer's sudden relief. Because he doesn't want an otherwise outstanding captain's life destroyed by one mistake. I wouldn't even consider that a mistake. But yeah, what mistake? I mean, what, how was that a mistake? That don't make no sense. What? What was? What, what was he going to do? Just keep his fucking mouth shut? Come on. Well, here's Crazy. what President Trump told reporters: that he reviewed Captain Brett Crozier's personal records. After acting Navy Secretary Thomas Modley removed him as commanding officer of the aircraft carrier Theodore Roosevelt, Crozier sent a letter outside classified channels requesting help as coronavirus cases spread on his ship. Okay, there he there he may have he may have he may, he may have erred. Yes, send a letter, but do it through the proper chain of command. Okay. There he may have made his his mistake, but that's that that you know when you're dealing with you know a, 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 you, when you're dealing with your people on board ship coming come, coming down with a potentially deadly virus, the first thought that comes to your mind is you've got to let somebody know this is happening. Okay, he didn't quite go by chain of command, and that was a mistake. Okay. I know. I broke chain of command on 9-11-2001. I goofed. I, I skipped the first sergeant and went right up to the general, calling him at home. Of course, the general was not upset. He, in fact, he, he kept the conversation that he and I had between us. But it was an honest mistake. I was, like the rest of the nation, you know, kind of... Panicking, well, which you I, know, didn't help matters. 
Now, I really in the don't. Navy captain I... case, he was dealing with members of his crew coming down with coronavirus. So yes, he made a mis- an honest mistake in Britain not going through the chain of command the way he should have. But to outright dismiss him if his if his record in the Navy up to that point was spotless, no. He should not have been let go. Reprimanded, yes. Let go outright, no. Go ahead. Well, that's where I disagree with that chain of command bullshit. Like I said, I've never been in the military, never will. But when you have a deadly situation, and this thing is, okay, and you have it occur on a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier, one of the biggest freaking ships ever known to man, um, maybe he did, you know, inform his superiors, and they're dragging their feet. You know how the government is. They drag their feet. You know, you may tell something, one thing, and maybe six months later it might get done. And I I really can't blame the guy, the guy or the captain, okay? I mean... If you're if you're in in front of a situation that's a serious situation that could compromise the safety of that boat, okay, ship. It's not a boat, it's a ship. Um, then yeah, I mean, so what? Okay, I mean, what are you going to do? Give me the death penalty? You'll go out there and have me keel hauled because I just went above your ass? Maybe maybe hopefully to get something done faster. I mean, I'd do it. You know, if you, if you're just dragging your feet, oh yeah, oh really? Oh, you got few people sick on your boat. Well, okay, take take a take an aspirin and call me tomorrow, and we'll see if they see if they get well. Are you serious? Give me a break on something like that. Uh, no, no, I no. That's why I never make it in the military. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, having having served myself, okay. I know I understand the importance of going through the chain of command. All right. When you're dealing with tactical situations, humanitarian situations, whatever the case is. Now, we're human beings. When we serve in the military, we're still human beings. We make mistakes. Now, the mistake I made, I did, I did a similar thing, like I said, you know, broke the chain of command and, went and, and ended up calling the general by mistake. That was an honest mistake on my part, and the general, you know, was very understanding about it. My belief is, yes, he should have followed chain of command. He didn't. He made an honest mistake. And if his record reflects a record of, an, of, a, of a Navy officer who followed chain of command every time, did everything by the numbers, by the book, one mistake should not have gotten him taken, his command taken away from him. A reprimand would have, would have been just as, just as effective, especially for a first time. Now, I don't know if it was his first time, though, okay? 
But if President Trump is talking about intervening in this situation, that means he knows something that we're not being told. Now, the USS Theodore Roosevelt, yes, it's a nuclear-powered uh, aircraft carrier, and it's a biggins. Let me tell you something. doesn't matter whether you're on board an aircraft carrier, a battleship, or a frigate. If you're in the United States Navy, you still have to you still follow chain of command. If you've never done if you've never broken chain of command before, if you've never violated orders and stuff like that, if your record is exemplary, then if I were the acting secretary of the Navy, the first thing I would do is say to the to the admirals, "Okay, the man made a mistake. I personally will not Take the, take the command away from him, a formal reprimand in his record, that, that, will, that will suffice. Knowing the admiralty, they would probably agree with it. But somehow it got blown way out of proportion. And Gunslinger, trust me when I say, if the, if the commanding general at the time had decided to rake me over the coals, for one honest mistake, it would have been an overreaction, and that's how he and and that in in a private conversation between him and I, is basically how it came off. I made a mistake; it was an honest one. Because, like the rest of the nation, I was just as scared as everybody else, and fear does incredible things to a person. You make bad decisions or you make a bad choice. That's what it sounds like this captain did. He made a bad choice. He made a bad decision. Can't fault him for that if, the, if his record showed no other uh, problems. But chain of command is important, whether it's in the Navy, the Army, the Marine Corps, the Air Force, or the Coast Guard. It's important that that military personnel follow the chain of command. It's it may it, to a civilian that may not sound very cool, but hey, it is what it is. You know. Now, I know from I, I know for me, ladies and gentlemen, I know for for me, it's it's very easy for me to sit here and say, yes. I made a mistake, and I owned up to that mistake. I even apologized to the general right to his face. I, 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 made a sincere, I gave him a sincere and honest apology for having violated chain of command. You know what that man said to me? You made a mistake. I'm sure you will not repeat that mistake again. And I didn't. From that moment on, I followed my chain of command. Now, if my first sergeant said, well, go talk to um, the sergeant major, I still went to, to my chain of command, my first sergeant. And if he referred me to someone else in the chain of command, I took that, I, I took that and, and I would go with it. The thing is, all of us, 
those who currently serve, and those of us who have served, know the importance of chain of command. But when your emotions take over, when you're concerned, when you have a, a serious, deep concern for the safety and well-being of all aboard your ship, and you're a Navy captain, you're bound to make, you're, you're bound to, to have a mistake on your on your record. But this is one mistake that should not have gotten removed from command. I firmly believe that. Now, think about this, too. Think about this, too. Not everyone in the military, hell, even in civilian life, is perfect. You know? And my, my heart goes out to not only the enlisted personnel in our branches of military, but to the warrant officers to the uh, officers in command. Why all of them? Because they're out there doing a job that needs to be done. They are putting life and limb on the line for America. Anyone who has ever served or is serving understands that very well. People who have never served you know, I hope that that what I just said here helps them to understand the importance of one keeping a level head as much as humanly possible. But when you can't, always try very hard to keep in the back of your mind constantly follow the chain of command. There's a reason why there's a chain of command in the military. I was, an, I was an E5. I was a sergeant, a free striper. Okay? I didn't know everything. Didn't know everything at all. I learned from those higher in rank than I. From my first sergeant, right on up the chain. Those who had prior, prior military service that were right there with me in the same in the same rank or even maybe a rank lower, you know, like corporal or spec four, I learned from them because they were prior service. So I learned from a lot of different people. The one person I learned a lot from was a warrant officer who was a retired NYPD detective. On my key ring, as a good luck charm, he gave me a handcuff key. Of course, the handcuffs they use today, this key would never work with. But he gave me this handcuff key. And he said, you carry this on your key ring. He said, I always carried two, two on my key ring, both for good luck. So he gave me one of those keys. He said, I'm sharing with you my good luck. He said, this will help, that good luck will help you with your confidence. And do I, am I superstitious? <laughs> no. 
No, I'm not superstitious. But I am very confident that I gained confidence. Not from a, a, a handcuff key, but the fact that this warrant officer believed in me. He taught me a lot. So, yeah. There are some things we learn in the military from our chain of command that is vital. That is why the chain of command is so important. And for those of you who are civilians, I hope now you get a little bit of an idea of just how important chain of command is. Not just in the military, by the way, even in civilian workforce. The civilian workforce, you have a chain of command, so to speak. I know they don't call it that, but you have your supervisor who has a supervisor who has a supervisor who deals with the boss. Let's say that's that that represents the corporate chain of command. Now, it's not as strict in the corporate world with that one but it's always recommended that you try very hard to talk to the immediate supervisor first. And if they say they don't know, ask them, should I talk to your supervisor? Maybe they know. You know, be polite about it. Be respectful about it. And who knows? They may even suggest before you get to ask the question. So, at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, chain of command, and, and I, I'm a firm believer in chain of command, okay? I'm a firm believer in the chain of command because without that chain of command, there is no structure. If there is no structure, the unit suffers, okay? It's real simple. Now, While I await the return of Gunslinger from his uh, grabbing a bite to eat, in, in grabbing it from the kitchen or whatever it is he went to the kitchen to do, to do, 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 to do. Um, let me just uh, let everybody know up front, Firefox News Online will be live Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 Central, and 8 Pacific Time. So pass the word on to your friends, your family, your coworkers, if you're in contact with them. If we're going to be stuck indoors, why not tune in to Firefox News Online? You know, certainly can't wait, can it? And you might even, if you call in, you might even have some fun while you're at it too. You know, but we do talk about a lot of serious stuff here. And it's just par for the course. We're a new, this is a news and topic broadcast. Many of the topics are derived from the headlines. And uh, there you have it. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to take the final break of the night. 
I have not done this in a very long time, so I may be a little rusty. Uh, just a little bit. But sad to say, we are definitely into... This is the final hour of Firefox News Online. Call 347-945-5747 to be a part of the action-packed final hour of this Firefox News Online broadcast. Hey, parents of children with asthma. Preventing asthma attacks can be as simple as making your home and car smoke-free zones, cleaning up the mold and vacuuming the floor to keep your house free of dust, dander, and dust mites. Take it from the world's most famous asthma rock band, the Breathe Easies, with their hit songs about simple steps you can take to prevent your kids' asthma attacks Their songs may be fun, but childhood asthma is not. Visit www.noattacks.org for more information about preventing asthma attacks and awesome Breathe Easy tunes. Brought to you by the EPA, the Ad Council, and Firefox News Online Primetime. Hi, everybody. George here. Listen, now that we're back full-time on the air, I've got a really good question for everybody. Have you told people that we're back, you know, friends of yours, people that used to listen to the show right along with you? Can you imagine a world without children? A world without their smiles or their laughter? A world where children don't play or sing or dream or imagine? At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, they can't imagine a world without children. That's why they're working every day to find cures for diseases that strike down children everywhere. Diseases like cancer, pediatric AIDS, and sickle cell. And they won't stop until every child is cured and every disease is defeated. Because they can't imagine a world without children. Can you? Finding Cures. Saving Children. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. To learn more about what you can do to help, log on to their website, stjude.org. Driving without a seatbelt is deadly. And Firefox News Online reminds you to buckle up. Click it or get a ticket. One way or another, you better have a seatbelt on. And remember, it's the law. 
Firefox News Online with you in mind. Have you ever wondered what the secret to being a great dad is? Well, here's a clue. Dad is a verb. It's not just something you are, it's something you do. Like hanging out, and listening, and laughing, and reading and playing. Boy, do kids love playing. But mostly, kids love dads who take the time to be there. That's the secret. Give them your time. A message from the National Fatherhood Initiative, the Ad Council, and Firefox News Online who asks, Have you been a dad today? Hey everybody, this is Toby Keith for Rad. For many of us, drunk driving is something that other people do. Certainly not someone I know. When you see someone who's had too much to drink about to get behind the wheel, ask him to give up the keys. Always choose a designated driver. Music lives, you should too. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Broadcasting from New York, the Empire State, you're listening to Firefox News Online. And we're back here at Firefox News Online with approximate, approximately 52 minutes remaining in the broadcast, 52 plus minutes before we are done on the broadcast for the evening. I'm George Sinzer. And Firefox News Online is definitely, definitely thinking of you when it comes to your loyalty. <clears throat> I mentioned the PayPal. Uh, I mentioned PayPal in the last break, but you know what? Maybe you want something to go. You know, you, you want to get something. There's two there's a way to do that. Okay. So let's say for the sake of this you want something from our e store. Well I'll tell you what, there's a place to go and do just that. Go to cafepress.com slash the F F N O E store. Now, over there at the e-store, you'll find all kinds of really great stuff. Uh, for example, the coffee mug that I like to have my coffee in is there. you got messenger bags, tote bags, T-shirts, the mouse pad. Yes, I, even ha- I have that mouse pad. It's durable. It's thick, it's durable, and it is a keeper. Uh, if you look at the very first line of, of merchandise, if you're watching on the video platforms, 
That's the official teddy bear you see sitting there with the red and blue tie and the Firefox News Online logo right on his shirt. Okay? Still haven't come up with a name for him yet, but that's okay. I'm sure that your kids will love it. And, hey, listen, guys, if your lady friend is into stuffed animals, get her the teddy bear. We got water bottles. We got lunch bags. We've got hoodies. We've got drinking glasses. Hey, listen, I know we're supposed to social distance right now. But I got a feeling that come summer, you, you guys are going to want to do some barbecuing, in your, you know, at least in your backyard. So why not get the official Firefox News Online light apron? Comes in other, in, it comes in, in the basic white apron, but there are other colors available too, and it's got the Firefox News Online logo right on her. Hey, listen. I would, I would have to say, without fear of contradiction, get one. Slightly can't wait. And, of course, we've got baseball shirts. We've got the jerseys, the, the hats. Hey, guys, you play golf? We even have a golf shirt with the logo on it. Moms, you will not want to go and feed your child their strained spinach or whatever they're eating without a Firefox News Online bib for the little tykes. Yeah. And, hey, listen, military guys, we got dog tags with the logo on it. So if you're a civilian now and you still want to wear a set of dog tags, well, that's cool, but be sure to add these dog tags to your... uh, to your uh, to your neck there. All the proceeds go right back into the broadcast. I do not get paid for what I do here. I don't take a penny of the money. That means you get something really nice while helping keep Firefox and News Online going. CafePress.com slash the F-F-N-O-E store. The official e-store of Firefox News Online. All right, I got my buddy Gunslinger hanging out with me, and well, you don't want to see the chat room, folks, watching on the video. Let's move that out of there. Yeah, we'll move that out of there. So we've got about 48 minutes, a little over 48 minutes remaining, and, uh, you know, folks, Coronavirus doesn't care whether you're rich or poor. Doesn't care if you're the average John and Jane Q public or a big Hollywood type. Well, I have some sad news to relay to you. One of the original Bond girls, Honor Blackman, who played Pussy Galore, has died at the age of 94. She played Pussy Galore in the 1964 James Bond film Goldfinger. She died as a result of coronavirus. Blackman's family said in a statement 
that she died peacefully of natural causes at her home in southeastern England, town of Luez. I'm not sure if it's pronounced right or not, but she died at home. Her family noted that she was an adored mother and grandmother and a hugely prolific creative talent. The statement reads as follows. It's with great sadness that we have to announce the death of Honor Blackman, age 94. She died peacefully of natural causes at her home in Louis, in Louise, Sussex, around, excuse me, surrounded by her family. She was much loved and will be greatly missed by her two children, Barnaby and Lottie, and grandchildren, Daisy, Oscar, Olive, and Toby, as well as being a much-adored mother and grandmother, Honor was an actor of hugely prolific creative talent with an extraordinary combination of beauty, brains, and physical prowess, along with her unique voice and a dedicated work ethic, she achieved an unparalleled iconic status in the world of film and entertainment and with absolute commitment to her craft and total professionalism in all her endeavors she contributed to some of the great films and theater productions of our time. Bear with me, folks. My uh, browser is being temperamental. In addition to her role alongside Sean Connery's James Bond, Blackman is also known for her role as Kathy Gale in the 1960s TV show The Avengers, according to The Hollywood Reporter. She actually left the TV show after two seasons in order to take on the big screen role as Pussy Galore. Her character was effectively replaced by Game of Thorns actress Diana Rigg as Emma Peel. In Goldfinger, Blackman made an impression from the start. When introduced to Sean Connery's Bond, he replies, I must be dreaming. Her family statement highlighted other roles, such as Hera in Jason and the Argonauts and Laura West in the 1990s sitcom The Upper Hand. In addition to her on-screen work, Blackman also had success on stage in productions that included The Sound of Music, My Fair Lady, and Cabaret. In recent years, Honor was touring and performing in her show Honor Blackman as herself at various venues across the UK. In conversation with her colleague and friend Richard Digby Day, she looked back over her astonishing life, her beginnings, her family, her rise to stardom, with her usual sense of humor and perspective. Honor Blackman, the actress who played Pussy Galore, has died at the age of 94. She was not the only one, I'm afraid, from Hollywood that died. This actor starred, was one of the stars in Gomer Pyle 
Actor Forrest Compton also died at the, the age of 94 from uh, – now I know why I said coronas for – I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I got, them conf- I got the two actors mixed up. Uh, Honor Blackman died of natural causes, not coronavirus. I must apologize. See, I, I, hey, listen, I'm human. I make mistakes. I am owning up to that. But it was Forrest Compton who died at, 94, at the age of 94 from coronavirus complications. Now, Forrest Compton, the actor who played Colonel Edward Gray on Gomer Pyle USMC and Mike Carr in The Edge of Night, passed away on Sunday. He was 94. The cause, of, the cause was complications from the coronavirus. The Shelter Island reporter shared. The death was confirmed by close friends. The Reading, Pennsylvania native served with the 103rd Infantry Division in France during World War II, a Hollywood reporter revealed. Compton went on to enroll in Swarthmore College, where he studied pre-law and political science, before taking on English, according to Deadline.com. Afterward, Compton began acting in school theater productions. Once he graduated, Compton studied acting at the Yale Drama School alongside classmate Paul Newman. Compton is recognized by fans as no-nonsense Colonel Gray in Gomer Pyle, which aired on CBS from 1964 to 1969. The show, which starred Jim Neighbors, Frank Sutton, and Ronnie Schell, chronicled the misadventures of a bumbling U.S. Marine named Gomer Pyle. So, Forrest Compton died from complications from coronavirus. Another actor, two actors that actually did die of coronavirus complications. Aliens actor Jay Benedict died at the age of 68 due to coronavirus complications. Jay Benedict, known for his roles in Aliens and The Dark Knight Rises, died at age 68 due to complications from COVID-19. A message on the actor's website reads, It is with profound sorrow that we must announce Jay's death on the 4th of April due to complications arising from a COVID-19 infection. Representatives for Benedict did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Excuse me. Many may remember Benedict from the 1986 film Aliens, where he worked alongside Carrie Henn, and Sigourney Weaver. However, his most memorable role may be his multiple appearances as John Keffer, the U.S. Army officer and friend of Christopher Foyle in Foyle's War. His, Emmer, his Emmerdale co-star, Vicki Michelle, took to Twitter to honor Benedict after hearing the news of his passing. So, 
recent roles include Bill Wilson, co-founder of, of Alcoholics Anonymous, in a play for the Outside Edge Theater Company, One Day, to, One Day at a Time, David, a critic in Stephen Burkhoff's An Actor's Lament, and Archie Bellows in The Trial of Jane Fonda. So, Jay Benedict of Alien of the film Aliens, dead at the age of 68 from complications due to coronavirus. Like I said, Gunn, coronavirus doesn't care whether you're rich, poor, or in between. You know. It's going to get you. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get you. It's going to get you. Well, I'm going to, you know, as the old saying goes, I'm going to take as many precautions to prevent that. Might in the end, it might in the end, but I'm going to, I'm just not going to sit there and say, hey, come on, you think I'm going out there and lick toilet seats? No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> didn't you, <laughs> real quick, and that character uh, ended up getting coronavirus, didn't he? Yeah, see? Yeah, you think I'm going to go out there and do stupid-ass shit? No, thank you. Uh-uh. Uh, didn't you say that... What happened uh, you do dumb shit? Oh, yeah, definitely. Didn't you say that uh, the, the idiot in New York there, didn't he say that he was he's going to forbid anybody from taking that... What is that? Hydrochloroquine or whatever it is. Hydroxychloroquine or or chloroquine. Yeah, hydroxychloroquine. What Governor in New York did was he signed an executive order preventing doctors from prescribing it to coronavirus patients. Well, according to this, and this was this is April fifth, twenty twenty. It says uh, the state has uh, issued four thousand. Uh, seriously ill coronavirus patients in New York are being treated, are being treated with that drug hydrochloroquine. Here it is right here. Let me put it in the chat room there. So somebody flipped or back or something. There it is right there. That's from New York Post. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh Wow, that's news to me. I'm, uh, I'm surprised Governor Cuomo didn't uh, speak up on it. <laughs> and the uh, automatic video start at all. Yeah, as many as 4,000 seriously ill coronavirus patients in New York are being treated with the anti-malarial drug hydroxychloroquine, state health officials say. President Trump has touted hydroxychloroquine as a potential lifesaver, although there is no widespread scientific evidence to date showing it helps battle COVID-19. Governor Andrew Cuomo last month said health care providers in the state would be using the drug in combination with 
the antibiotic Zithromax or azithromycin for some last-ditch cases based on potentially promising research. Time is of the essence. Albany University Public Health Dean David Holtgrave, who is on the state's research team, said in a statement. A state health department official said the Department of Health has shipped doses of hydroxychloroquine to 56 hospitals across New York, distributing enough to treat 4,000 patients to date. Patients have received doses as part of four- or ten-day regimens, officials said. The University of Albany School of Public Health is observing the drug's impact on the patients, and its preliminary study could come back in weeks instead of the usual months, according to officials. There are also clinical trials being conducted to see whether the drug can help block transmission. NYU Lagan Medical School is conducting a random trial with a $9.5 million grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Currently, there is no proven way to prevent COVID-19 after being exposed, said Anna Bergenton, an assistant professor with the Department of Population Health at NYU Lagan and the study's co-principal investigator. investigator. If hydroxychloroquine provides protection, then it could be an essential tool for fighting this pandemic. If it doesn't, then people should avoid unnecessary risks from taking the drug. The drug has long been used to treat malaria, rheumatoid arthritis, and lupus. Potential side effects include everything from fatal heart arrhythmia to vision loss, ear ringing, vomiting, mood changes, skin rashes, and hair loss. Like I really... For those of us who have thinning hair like I do, uh, that would definitely not be good. So I'm glad to see that that they are actually letting it be uh, dispensed. Because I could have sworn that he he signed an executive order barring it from being used. You know what I'm saying, Gunn? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, something is better than nothing. I'd rather have something than nothing, okay? Uh, Especially when it comes to, you know, quite a few thousand have already kicked the bucket in New York State alone. Uh, Okay, like I said, you know, if we're approaching this apex of this curve, which I think all the indications, all the graphs are showing this, okay, then... If this could knock it in the head, okay, because they're going to have to come up with something to knock it in the head, knock it down at least, until this, you know, runs its course or whatever. Uh, so if this stuff works, well, I mean, I mean, what's the alternative? Six foot under and pushing up daisies? I don't know. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> at this point, anyway. Go ahead. 
and I found the executive order in question. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. This this was put out March 23rd. Well, obviously Number somebody changed zero. their mind somewhere. Yeah, right? Because number 202.10, continuing temporary suspension and modification of laws relating to the disaster emergency. Uh, It was was on March 7th that he declared a a state disaster emergency in the entire state of New York. Uh, Let me see if I can find... Where where he uh, find the the information on chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine? A lot to go through here trying to find this. Uh, wow a long ass thing to go through boy I tell you wow man talk about a long read uh good Grief. Ah, here we go. No pharmacist shall dispense hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine except when written as prescribed for an FDA-approved indication or as part of a state-approved clinical trial related to COVID-19 for a patient who has tested positive for COVID-19 with such test result documented as part of the prescription. No other experimental or prophylactic use shall be permitted, and any permitted prescription is limited to one 14-day prescription with no refills. Hmm. Any licensed health insurance company shall deliver to the superintendent no later than March 24, 2020, a list of all persons who have a professional licensure or degree, whether physician's assistant, medical doctor, licensed registered nurse, licensed nurse practitioner, or licensed practical nurse, and whether or not the person has a currently valid or recently, within past five years, expired license in the state of New York. The Department of Financial Services shall poll such individuals to determine whether or not such professionals would serve in the COVID-19 response effort. Non-essential gatherings of individuals of any size for any reason, uh, parties, celebrations, or other social events, are canceled or postponed at this time. So basically, in the state of New York, we've been... A lot of a lot of things got put on the shelf, but 
my understanding was that this executive order barred doctors and from prescribing this originally. Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser. I don't know, Gun. But <clears throat> what are you going to do, you know? Well, somebody must have got to him. I don't know. Gee whiz. You know, uh, to change their mind like that, <clears throat> this could this stuff could be secretly helping. They just can't put it out yet. I mean, because it would mm. put a demand on very possible because why would they, why else would they do it well, what other reason would they do it I mean it doesn't make any sense except that it might be working <laughs> well let's see here according to One American News the U.S. aims to secure medical supplies amid worldwide shortage due to COVID-19 pandemic. Hmm. Uh, Let me see if I can uh, grab this real quick here. And put this in the chat room so I can access it quickly. Take a listen to this, folks. This is this is from One American News. Station for medical supplies is taking place amid a critical shortage. Darn it! Trying to get it at the very beginning of the of the thing, and it gave it to me as it was already on, in progress. Very name. Governor Cuomo to receive 1,000 ventilators. You're not going to believe where it's coming from, Gun. China. A global competition for medical supplies is taking place amid a critical shortage due to COVID-19. One America's Mary Holman reports how President Trump is ensuring the U.S. is first in line. President Trump is putting America first as countries around the world compete in a cutthroat race to garner desperately needed medical supplies. On Friday, President Trump announced he's enacted the Defense Production Act against Minnesota manufacturing company 3M, ordering it to increase production of its N95 masks for the U.S. We need these items immediately for domestic use. We have to have them. The administration's call to increase domestic production of medical supplies comes at the same time as an effort to scrounge the globe for more masks. President Trump has asked 3M to stop sending their equipment to foreign countries, which has quickly been met by backlash from those dependent on the company's production. On Friday, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau stated Canada is not looking for a fight with the U.S. over the issue and instead called for collaboration between both countries to continue. We are not looking at uh, retaliatory measures or uh, measures that are punitive. Uh, We know that it is in both of our interests to continue to work uh, collaboratively and cooperatively cooperatively to keep our citizens safe. The battle for supplies gets more intense in Europe as Germany and France have accused the U.S. of commandeering their shipments of N95 masks from China. 
France says American buyers offer three times their asking price for masks on a plane that was about to take off from Shanghai Airport. This morning in China, a French order that was on the tarmac was bought by the Americans in cash, and the order that was supposed to go to France went directly to the USA. German authorities say the U.S. diverted 200,000 masks in Thailand, and the Interior Minister for Berlin is calling on the German government to urge the U.S. to comply with international rules. Though the administration is facing criticism from some foreign countries, many point to the fact that the U.S. has the highest number of coronavirus cases reported across the world. Mary Holman, One American News. Want to see more videos like this? What do you think of that gun? Well, you know, does it surprise me? Um, you really need to get their shit straight. I know, I know one thing. Uh, but that's what you get, you know, when you when you depend on China for every fucking thing, and you know, they, they these people can't be trusted, okay? And but look at all the stuff that made over in China. Look, you know, pick up something on your desk, flip it over, see if it's not. Don't say made in China. Probably does. Right? Uh, I don't know. Is this? See, wow. The uh, United States should have cut them some bitches off a long time ago in manufacturing the most critical things here, not over there. But, you know, you know how that goes. Of course, you know, I didn't have a person like Trump in charge either. Very interesting. Uh, well, you know that line from Forrest Gump, stupid is as stupid does? I'd like to know who the fuck asked this dumbass for her opinion as I show it on the video screens. I put the link in the chat room to the screen capture gun. Take a look at this. A picture of Hillary Clinton. What a mug on her, boy. Hillary says Trump is turning to racist rhetoric to distract from his failures to take COVID-19 seriously early on. And I agree with the person who, who put, this, uh, put this together. The question, did anybody ask her? I know I didn't. But does anybody really give a shit what this lunatic has to say? I mean, come on. Does anybody really give a fuck what Hillary Clinton says anymore? I don't. Do you, Gun? Not really. I mean, uh, for her to say, you know, uh, to, to the point... He he did something early on or didn't do something early on. Hell, he did do something, okay? Even more than any of the other idiots that would have been faced with a situation like this, uh, like Bum Bum, and what he he do waited 14 months before doing anything about that N1, H1, whatever it is. Okay, so uh, what else would she done? Uh, sit there and do nothing? Probably. Uh, what would Sleepy Joe? He'd probably sleep right through it. Feel the burn, Sanders? Hell, he'd open there, open his arms up, and say, "Come on, baby, give me a big old kissy, kissy." 
it's just how dumb these fucking people are. They're not. They're not after uh, the safety and the well-being of the American citizens. They're they're out for their own political bullshit, their own political gain. Trump's not that way. Look at what he's doing. I mean, what would you do? What else could you do? <laughs> Go ahead. Hmm. I would probably do everything that President Trump is doing right now. I would probably have done the same exact thing he's doing right now. You know? If this lunatic broad had won the presidency, nothing would have been done. She would have followed Obama's example, sat on her hands and done nothing. We know what happens when you do nothing. Things get worse. Don't they, Gun? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you don't do nothing with something as as big as this is, okay, of course it's going to get worse if you do if you sit there and do nothing. Okay, uh, you can't say that you know. Well, he didn't do enough. I mean, like I said, he's only one man. I mean, geez. I mean, he gets up, puts his puts one leg in his pants, and one leg at a time. I mean, and then I strap my gun on. But you know, you know, you know how that goes. What else could you do? It's just, it's if she had anything to do with it, I, this country would be there would be a whole lot more people kicking the bucket. I guarantee you that. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> I'll tell you what. Tucker Carlson. Uh, this evening raised the question how long will the lockdowns last just so happens I have a clip so if you've been sick you know that intensive care is not something that doctors recommend lightly Boris Johnson is clearly in danger tonight and that's a bad sign Johnson is in his mid-50s and hale enough to lead a country this can happen to him, a lot of us should be worried. And we are worried, worried enough to endure things that just a month ago would have seemed preposterous. Last week, Dr. Michael Ryan, who's a leader at the World Health Organization, announced that in response to the spread of this virus, authorities may have to enter people's homes and remove family members, presumably by force. In most parts of the world, due to lockdown, most of the transmission that's actually happening in many countries now is happening in the household, at family level. In some senses, transmission has been taken off the streets and pushed back into family units. Now we need to go and look in families to find those people who may be sick and remove them and isolate them in a, in a safe and dignified manner. Just so you know, we're coming to your house, seizing your children and, quote, isolating them in a safe and dignified manner, whatever that means. Now, that's not something that under normal circumstances officials casually drop during briefings. It's the kind of statement that might trigger violence. People don't respond well when you threaten to take their kids. But Ryan said it like it was no big deal, and that's how the media treated it. His threat didn't make headlines in any of the major newspapers in this country. That's the kind of moment we're in. So how long will this moment last? Well, on Friday, Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, predicted that the first in a series of lockdowns will go on until June. One of the things that just 
concerns me, it's not one of those immediate concerns, but is, you know, this draws out through the summer and then, then the cold weather comes around and then there's another wave of it. How do you, as a leader, how do you think about this? Early on when people said, is this just going to be a few days or a couple of weeks? I said, no, I think it's at least two months. And I said, if we're successful in this, we can expect a second spike in the late fall or early winter. That's how viruses work. We better steel ourselves for a second and maybe even third round of this. But we also need to be nimble enough to know we're not going to flip a switch one day and turn the economy back on. A quote, second and maybe even third round of lockdowns. That's a long time. Former Obama official Jason Furman, who's now an economist at Harvard, predicts the disruption may be even more severe than that. Quote, we should certainly be prepared for a meaningful level of deliberate suspension of economic activity for the rest of the year. Well, it'd be nice to know that there's a good reason for all of this, and of course, everyone wants there to be a good reason, sincerely. Yet the arguments for a prolonged national lockdown are starting to sound strained. In a much-discussed article on Medium recently, two academics from Pittsburgh argued that lifting the lockdown at all, even many months from now, would be negligent. Quote, as long as a large majority of the population remains uninfected, lifting containment measures will lead to an epidemic almost as large as would happen without having mitigations in place at all. Well, that sounds plausible when you read it. In fact, it sounds like science. But is it science? A large majority of the population remains uninfected, they say. But is that true? We don't know it's true. As of today, nobody can say what percentage of the American population is infected or has been infected. There haven't been large-scale randomized tests conducted here. We don't even know when the disease first arrived in the United States. There's informed speculation that this strain of coronavirus has been here since late November or December. Authorities traced the first confirmed case to January 15th in Washington state. An unnamed 35-year-old Chinese immigrant landed in the United States after visiting his family in Wuhan and wound up in a hospital outside Seattle. Apparently, he recovered. Now, depending on how you count, the virus has been circulating among us for up to four months now. For most of that time, there was no systematic attempt to quarantine the population. How many Americans were infected over that period? Again, we don't even have a ballpark number for that. But the number could be enormous because the virus turns out to be much easier to transmit than we thought it was. On Friday, you may have noticed the CDC issued new guidance on mask use. The government now recommends wearing, quote, cloth face coverings in public. Why'd they make that change? Because researchers are learning more about how this virus moves from person to person. Scientists now believe the coronavirus can be transmitted by someone who shows no symptoms merely by speaking. Remember when they told you that hand-washing was the key to staying safe? That recommendation was based on the belief the virus lived mostly on surfaces, and that's not the case. We're still not exactly sure how the virus is spread, but among some populations, and this is interesting to know, it appears to be astonishingly widespread. An article in the Italian media last Thursday, for example, described a blood drive in a village in Lombardy. That's in the northern part, the most infected part of the country. Of the 60 people who showed up to give blood, 40 tested positive for coronavirus. None had shown symptoms of it. None knew they had it. Keep in mind that Lombardy has been strictly locked down by government order since March 9th. That's almost a month ago. Yet about 70% of this group got it anyway. A report from Hong Kong in February suggested that a woman diagnosed with the coronavirus may have infected others 10 floors away in the same apartment building, even though she never came into contact with any of them. Health officials concluded the virus likely traveled through plumbing pipes to different apartments. And it wasn't a wild guess. In 2003, an outbreak of SARS spread the same way. So it's starting to look like the coronavirus is more transmissible than we expected or were told. 
The good news is it also seems far less lethal overall. People are still dying in large numbers. Not all of them are sick or old, and that's terrifying to watch. But as the data trickle in, there's evidence that many infected people are not sick. Iceland has tested a larger percentage of its population than any country in the world. They've tested about 5% of all citizens. The United States, by comparison, has tested 0.3%. So far, about half those who've tested positive in Iceland have been completely asymptomatic. So given all of this, what is a wise response to this pandemic? Historically, health officials have used quarantines to contain infectious diseases. Until now, a quarantine consisted of separating the sick from the general population and then doing everything possible to protect the especially vulnerable. In this case, that would include the elderly and the immunosuppressed, among other groups. We have a pretty good idea that targeted quarantines work. They've been used for centuries around the world. But that's not what we did. Instead, the United States and many other countries instituted mass quarantines in which governments shut down entire nations for long periods. That's never happened before. Now, mass quarantine makes sense if you're fairly certain it will prevent mass infection. But are we certain of that? Well, despite what you might hear on television, we are not certain of that still. In fact, there are some indications it hasn't been as effective as we'd hoped it would be. Italy imposed one of the toughest lockdowns in Europe. Almost a month later, as we just told you, an overwhelming majority of at least one town has been infected with the virus anyway. Now, it's possible to imagine that a mass quarantine might stop transmission of a virus. It might work if it actually separated people, if citizens were forced to stay in their homes and not have any interaction with other people. But we're not doing that in the United States. We never will do that here. Too many Americans live alone, for one thing. People would starve to death. Instead, the directive we're living under is this. Stay home except to buy food. The one place you can go is the supermarket, where, by the way, everyone else in your neighborhood has been this week. From an epidemiological standpoint, this is lunacy. If you wanted to infect an entire population, you'd encourage everyone in a specific zip code to meet regularly in one enclosed location. It doesn't make sense. Authorities must know it doesn't make sense, that's obvious, but instead of changing course or fine tuning, they're doubling down, hoping that vehemence will compensate for bad science. Here's the mayor of Los Angeles just last week. If you've observed recurring violations of the safer at home order, please continue to let us know at coronavirus.lacity.org slash business violation. You know the old expression about snitches. Well, in this case, snitches get rewards. We want to thank you for turning folks in and making sure we are all safe. So you just saw the mayor of our second biggest city offering to pay citizens to snitch on their neighbors for, among other things, daring to go to work. Working is one activity we've decided should not be allowed. Jogging, fishing, golf, fine. Being employed, a massive threat to public health. We've decided that offices are somehow more dangerous than supermarkets, far more dangerous, though no one has to date bothered to explain how. The result of this? By some estimates, more than 17 million Americans are unemployed right now. That's the highest number in the history of this country. A year from now, and we should think about this, how will all of us feel about the decisions we've made in the face of this pandemic? Is there a single person who sincerely expects the coronavirus itself will hurt more people in the end than the damage we're causing in our response to it? Probably not. Mass unemployment is almost certain to cause far more harm, including physical harm, to the average family than this disease. In 1967, two psychiatric researchers decided to rank traumatic life events in order of how profoundly they affected people's health. 
Stress can kill you, we know that. And they wanted to determine which kinds of stress were the most dangerous. The doctors found that losing a job ranked high on the list of health degrading traumas. Joblessness came in well above death of a close friend, to put it in some perspective. If you ever found yourself unemployed with dependents to take care of, you understand this. Unfortunately, many of our policymakers don't understand. They've never been in that position. They never will be. Our professional class doesn't have much interest in middle-class job loss or its consequences. We know that because they've essentially ignored it for decades, not to mention the family disintegration and the drug epidemics it has spawned. So far, about 10,000 Americans have died from the Wuhan coronavirus. That number will rise, and it will likely include people you know. That's a tragedy. But it's not the only tragedy in progress in this country. In 2018, more than 67,000 Americans died of drug overdoses. The year before, more than 70,000 died. That's more than the entire population of the towns most of us grew up in. And those totals are far lower than the real number, according to people who study the question. The drug epidemic has permanently changed the demographics of this country, but for some reason, CNN has not kept a running tally of drug casualties on the screen. Why is that? Well, you know why. It's not their peer group. It doesn't seem real. They're not that interested. And the same thing is going on now. If the coronavirus shutdown was crushing college administrators or nonprofit executives or green energy lobbyists, it would have ended last week. Instead, it's mainly service workers and small business owners who have been hurt. And they're not on television talking about what they're going through. You need to look closely to see their suffering. Over the weekend, the head of Indiana's Family and Social Services Administration announced that calls to the state's mental health and suicide prevention hotline had gone from about 1,000 to 25,000 a day. Calls to Indiana's addiction hotlines have risen dramatically as well. Reports of domestic violence have spiked in this country and, in fact, around the world. In France, they rose 32% in a single week. Someday we'll get the numbers on the child abuse going on during this lockdown, and we'll all feel sick to our stomachs. Once again, coronavirus is not the only bad thing that's happening in America right now, horrifying as it is. We should never minimize the danger of this pandemic or minimize our obligation to respond to it wisely. We've been saying that on this show for months. No thoughtful person wants to reopen baseball stadiums tomorrow or book a cruise to Shanghai. But there has to be a more balanced course than the one we are on now. For most people, going to work cannot be more dangerous than buying produce at Safeway twice a week. And if it is more dangerous, tell, it, tell us how it is more dangerous and be specific when you describe that. Otherwise, it's time to start caring about the entire population. Healthy people are suffering badly, too. All right, Gunn. Your thoughts on what Tucker Carlson had to say? Well, geez. Um, I love to know how he said it was, you know, this thing is seemed like it's transmitting through through the water pipes. That's kind of impossible, okay? You can't transmit something through the water pipes like an apartment complex or something like that. It's not plumb that way. I know I've been in construction many years. Uh, I, that's interesting. But, you know, everything else, he says, well, yeah, I mean, the numbers, the, what they're doing about it, I don't know. You know, it's it's in how it's affecting the economy. You know, I don't think it's a complete meltdown like a nuclear power plant does like Fukushima uh, but it's you know it's not in the it, it, it's definitely reduced obviously because nobody's going to work I mean you know people laying off you know and all this stuff 
cutting back and all this. But yeah, I mean that's it's pretty interesting. It makes a lot of sense. You know. Insane. Insanity. <laughs> I mean, Well, I'll tell you. He he, the way Tucker Carlson presented this, uh, <clears throat> he raised a lot of good points. He also raised a lot of good questions. You know, at some point, our nation's going to have to get back to work. At some point, our nation's going to have to get back to some semblance of normalcy. When that will be is anybody's guess. You know, I, I, I look. I would like to be able to go down the street without having to wear a mask and uh, protective gloves on my hands. I would love to be able to 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 travel on the buses again. See the bus routes reopen. But for right now, things are the the situation is the way it is. Things are the way they are, you know. I I I cannot, in uh, in all honesty, uh, believe that it's going to stay like this forever. A lot of people are hopeful that uh, with the with the summer with the summertime coming and and the warmer weather, that this that this that this coronavirus uh, may die out or die down considerably. We're just going to have to wait and see what happens. As the warmer weather approaches in many parts of the country, it's a wait and see. Well, Gunslinger, that's it for this edition of Firefox News Online, brother. Thanks for hanging out with me, and uh, I do appreciate it. And for all those who, who joined in, either live or in archives, my thanks to you as well. We'll be back on Tuesday night. Wednesday night and Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 Central, and 8 Pacific Time on the multiple broadcast platforms used by the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Network. For the comments I've made, that's the way it is from my perspective. I'm George Sinzer. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you on Tuesday night. Until then, y'all be good, and if you can't be good, be careful. And if you can't be careful, please, for the love of God, don't name it after me. And I know with the, with a lot of people being quarantined <laughs> in about nine months, they're going babies will be popping out everywhere. I just just like I said, don't name any after me. Whatever you do, because <laughs> that'll be a disaster. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. Firefox News Online is a production of Firefox News Online Productions. Any rebroadcast, transcript, either in whole or in part without the express written permission of Firefox News Online Productions and its owner is expressly forbidden. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved. You can catch the links to Firefox News Online's broadcast by going to facebook.com slash F-F-N-O-I-B-N. That's facebook.com slash F-F-N-O-I-B-N. For the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Networks. Hey, we'd like to hear from you, so send your comments to comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. Also, any stories or topic ideas you might have, we'd like to hear from you. 
send to we report at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's we report at firefoxnewsonline.com. Again, thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. I'm George Sinzer. Thank you so much for being here. We'll catch you next time. So let it be written. So let it be done. Yeah.